Hello, livestock friends, and welcome to this edition of Before the Bid. This is a podcast dedicated to the livestock sales industry where we go behind the scenes of the operation and speak straight to the sellers. We discuss topics about the important aspects of their operation, location, the people behind the prep work, and talk about some of the animals that will be offered to you, the prospective buyers. Hopefully, you've got your sale catalog close by. You might have to go look through that pile on your desk. But if not, then you're probably like me and driving down the road or busy with chores around the farm. And that's okay, too. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, I hope you enjoy this segment of Before the Bid. I'm your host, Andy Howell. Welcome, Livestock Friends, to this edition of Before the Bid Podcast. And Before the Bid Podcast, we have a first on this podcast. We are going to go to Texas. We're going to go to Hillsboro, Texas, and uh, we are going to talk some sheep on this podcast and uh, some club lambs here. And have a young man uh, that we're going to talk to tonight that uh, thought he was going to be a Yankees baseball player uh, when he was growing up. And... Uh, he was into the livestock, and uh, he was uh, with his father that was a ag teacher for a long, long time, and so uh, I'm interested in hearing about that. And also, uh, he's got a brother that's an ag teacher, and also he went to school uh, to be an ag teacher, so he has that ag teacher degree, but he decided that uh, he wanted to spend the full time in the sheep and with the sheep flock and placing sheep, and uh, it sounds like uh, he has been all around Texas doing that and they've had a lot of success and so I'm very uh, excited to talk tonight uh, to my guest. Uh, They have a sale, online sale on SC Sales and it is going to be on June 2nd and so uh, I'm going to be talking on this podcast to Mr. J.D. Pruitt. And J.D., uh, I watched a, a little bit of bull riding in my day, and, and uh, Donnie Gay, he's a guy that's got a lot of sayings and things. And one of the things that uh, I remember really well that he says is he always says that you can always tell a Texan, you just can't tell him very much. Do you, do you think there's a little truth to that? <laughs> yes, sir, I believe so. Just uh, I guess it just kind of depends on, on which Texan you're talking to, but most of us are are pretty easy listening and as long as you don't try to tell us too much and go over the edge i think we'll all get along pretty good so that's great yeah we uh we've been talking uh to get this podcast ready to go uh for a little while and and i know i've sure uh, appreciated uh, your conversation so far and looking for a great podcast here and and uh, talking about these sheep that you're going to have for sale uh, again you have an online sale on june 2nd on sc sales so want to invite everybody to uh, go look at that Uh, if you're not watching the podcast video uh, you can do that and uh, they'll have some uh, pictures on there and uh, we're going to talk about those and and talk about that sale and uh, talk about we're going to talk about uh, the Pruitt operation and uh, they've had a lot of success uh, if you go to their website and and you can look through those they've had a lot of success but uh, JD if you would Take me back just a little bit, and, and how did this whole thing get started? Uh, yes, sir. My uh, I guess my dad, back in about 1965, 66 range, he got his, uh, lived on a ranch with his, with his parents and grandparents. They owned a ranch, but it was all commercial. There was never really, <clears throat> excuse me, any livestock showing. Um, 
uh, involved in their family at that time. And he went to the county fair and went to Fort Worth just kind of as an observant and uh, decided he wanted to get into it. So he, his parents um, let him work, and he bought his first heifer when he was seven or eight years old and joined the 4-H and just loved it ever since. And he showed all the way through all of grade school and just fell in love with uh, cattle. And um, as he got older and got married uh, to my mom, he was uh, working on cattle ranches all over the state of Texas and going to all the national shows. Um, had a lot of success. The good Lord blessed him with a lot of success. Then he had uh, his, my oldest brother is 10 years older than I am. And he got old enough to start showing. And then my sister and then I, there's three of us, and he said, okay, I can't afford cattle to be successful, the success that we want with three kids and him and my mom being both school teachers. So he said, what's the closest thing uh, to a steer or to a heifer? And in his mind, it was sheep. And we got into the sheep deal, and my brother started showing, and we started off on the bottom just like everybody else. We kind of went and seeked. He went and seeked um, some help, and we kind of fell into it and started having some success and fell in love and haven't looked back. So I guess what I'm trying to say is it all started with my dad wanting to get a show heifer um, and not knowing anything about it when he was in third grade back in the mid-1960s and kind of just went from there. We hear uh, we hear quite a few of those stories. It was a uh, it was a four H project uh, gone rogue or, or gone out of hand. Uh, so yes, so sir. it sounds it sounds like that's a, another one of those stories. Yes, sir, for sure. Which is great, and and that's the way uh, that's the way a lot of them start. And and uh, I I appreciate how you said how you started uh, starting on the bottom. Uh, with most of those, and and uh, again, uh, a way a lot of these people start. So you had to had to work your way uh, up through there. And what are some of the things that that you guys did to uh, get better at that project and and kind of help lead you a little bit to where you are right now? Yeah, I mean, it all. I believe it all goes back to my dad and just being the competitiveness. I'm um, having the competitiveness, just to wanting to do better every time that we went to a jackpot show or going anywhere. Um, if you're not, if you're not winning and you see the same people winning and being successful, you start watching them. Um, and we still do that to this day. Um, whoever is successful year in and year out, um, they're putting in the work or they're buying the right type of animals. So I think just finding who is successful, even if you're not to your, reach your goal yet, who are some of the people you idolize or, some of the showmen or the breeders that you idolize and you kind of try to pick that apart. It's no different than watching the uh, football teams or baseball teams or athletic teams that are being successful. Everybody tries to imitate that um, to get to their next step. And I think that was one of the big things that we did was, or my dad did was, okay, we're, we're here on this level now. How do we get to the next level? Who do we watch? Um, who do we ask for help? Um, just being, just knowing that you're not just going to jump into this, um, and go be successful right off the bat. Now, there are some people that have been fortunate enough to do that, but there's, everybody starts somewhere and most of the time you have to start, um, in the middle or at the bottom and then work hard and ask the right questions and, 
meet the right people and surround yourself on the, around the right people to get to there. Um, and I think the biggest thing um, that probably changed um, my dad's perspective and is probably one of the main reasons we are where we are today is my dad meeting um, J.B. Massey and getting with him and running the roads with him and just learning from him. We believe he is the sheep godfather um, of the industry, of the club lamb industry. Um, that's who we kind of credit all of our success to go back to as when my dad was running with him and JB was helping my brother. I was too young to be showing at that time, but JB's had tons of success all over the United States. I can't count, couldn't even imagine how many banners he's hung, but just the, the wisdom that he portrayed on my father and then my father has passed down to me. Um, I would say JB is probably one of the, is, is the biggest influence on us and our operation. And so I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. Right. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and your dad, uh, being, being the ag teacher, uh, it, it wasn't just, it wasn't just you guys in the family that, uh, he was helping. Right. Yeah, no, he, so he started off being a coach. Um, he was a coach, um, for four or five years. He ran cattle ranches and decided, um, he wanted a little bit more stability, um, for his family. And so he became a coach and he was a coach, um, for, I don't know how many years, but four or five plus. And then my brother was starting to get in high school. My dad didn't want to coach my brother. So he became an ag teacher. We were still showing at that time when he wasn't an ag teacher, but then he became an ag teacher. Um, and then, so he started buying animals for all of the kids, for all of his chapter kids in Waxahachie, Texas, and also, um, in Midlothian. And that's where, um, he credit, we credit a lot to ourselves and we take pride in as being a livestock man, first and foremost, it doesn't matter if it's a sheep, goat, pig, um, cattle or, or anything. We just want to be good livestock enthusiasts and, um, try to be well-rounded. That's one thing that he's portrayed on us is to be well-rounded in the livestock industry, not just be, okay, I'm strictly sheep or strictly pigs or whatever. Um, don't get me wrong. My go-to is sheep, but if push comes to shove, I can go out and try to find a good uh, steer or heifer because a lot of people say, and my, and I guess my beliefs is, Oh, I know a lot about cattle, but I don't know about a lot about sheep. Or I know a lot about pigs, but I don't have anything to know about goats. Well, at the end of the day, they're still four-legged show animals. They got to be structurally sound. Um, they got to have terminal muscle if they're in the market the market class. Um, they got to be just structurally correct as the first and foremost, and then have width and power to go after that. So we just that was probably the, one of the biggest things we took from him being an ag teacher for so many years is trying to be successful in all of the four main species of uh, the show livestock. Right. And, and you told me a, a neat story last night about uh, one of the ways that you kind of got thrown in uh, to, to his ag teacher uh, responsibilities when, uh, when you guys were at, at one of the shows and he had to be one place and, and you had to be the other. Yes, sir. Yeah. So um, I was in junior high uh, I was in junior high, and my dad, we had, um, at that time, it was one of the biggest ag chapters in the state of Texas. We had around five or 600, I don't know the exact number, oh, wow. um, FFA kids in the ag chapter. And so it would be nothing for us to go, or my dad to take a group to Houston um, from Midlothian or Waxahachie and have 15 sheep and 15 head of cattle. 
um, at the same time. Well, if you've ever been to the Houston Livestock Show, um, from one side of the barn to the other is, I don't know, it's over at half a mile. And um, so the steers would be on one side and sheep would be on the other. And, of course, our luck would be the farthest you could get from one another. Um, so he would he would get us there and he would have all the kids lined out and then come show day, it would be hard for him to go back and forth. Mm-hmm. So what he would, what he did, um, which really got my love uh, for getting livestock, getting sheep ready and uh, wanting to raise sheep and fit them and <clears throat> all that good stuff is he'd say, he, he just told me, he said, son, you gotta, I gotta go over here and get these steers ready. You're going to have to stay here and get these sheep ready. Well, of course, a lot of the parents were kind of like, man, this is a, 12-year-old, 13-year-old boy that's about to get my sheep ready for the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. That's the Super Bowl <laughs> right. um, in Texas. Right, um, not, just a, not just a little podunk deal. We're, yeah, it's a Super Bowl, uh, as you said, yeah. Yeah, there's over probably 75 or 80 in the class. And, um, of course, there was other ag teachers there helping, but um, he just kind of he knew that I could do it. Um, of course, I was a little scared, but you jump in head first. Um, luckily 12 or 13 years old, I was, um, soaking in everything that I could from everybody around me and watching who was being successful. Man, I was getting them lambs ready and goats ready and we'd go in there and we want a class and have a third and get a lot in the sale, which really just gave myself a lot of confidence, um, to be able to do this. And I think that's where my true love when it first happened was, was doing that and him instilling that trust and that hard work ethic in me um, to start doing that at such young, such a young age. Was, was that about the same time you decided that maybe maybe the Yankees uh, maybe the Yankees <laughs> thing wasn't uh, wasn't in the in the bill for you and and maybe you better just stick yeah. with the livestock. Yeah, I'm still a diehard Yankees fan to this day, um, but I thought I was going to be a pitcher for the Yankees and play football for the Cowboys and. Um, I, I was, I grew faster and matured faster than everybody else, my classmates. And we kind of got in high school, everybody caught up and I was like, man, you know, uh, I wish I could, but I think I'll have a better, uh, living, uh, trying to raise and sell sheets and then fight that minor league system for that long. So yeah, it kind of, it was a tough reality, but it was a good reality. So. Right. Well, shoot, you picked two teams that were right next door to each other with the Yankees and the Cowboys and. I know. I don't know how you couldn't have made that work out. Yes, sir. I promise. I promise. <laughs> well, that's great. Uh, that's that's uh, that's really neat. And and yeah, uh, decided that that livestock is is where you needed to be. And and so now you you told me last night, and and I could tell, uh, you know, with with ag teachers and things uh, that they like young people, and and you grew up. Uh, of course, helping your dad uh, doing that, and then you went to uh, to school to become an ag teacher. And uh, tell us a little bit about your your desire to help these young people, and and what what it is that you do now for uh, the young people. It sounds like all over the nation, and and especially all over Texas, right there. Yes, sir. Yeah. So I guess one of my biggest uh, attributes that I've had that I have uh, my family's given me is just wanting to help other people Um, I'm a giver I want to I just want to help kids try to reach their goals and um, after you get a taste of helping somebody and helping them achieve it doesn't matter if it's 
make the sale at the county fair or maybe get their first belt buckle. Some of the, my greatest achievements that are that are small that I'll that I always remember is some of these families that have tried and tried so hard to win their first belt buckle. And when they win their first belt buckle, it's 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 amazing how much gratitude that I that I receive and how how good that makes me feel to be able to help somebody reach a goal just as small as that. But sometimes the the bigger families and um, even myself, sometimes we take that for granted because there's so many families out there that have worked their tail off and put in all the hours that everybody else does. They just have had maybe not the um, right guidance or if they just had bad luck. Um, and how many families out there try just to even win a buckle or to make the sale at their county fair. Um, so that was one thing that's always stuck to me and how much I've loved it. And I went to school at Charlton State uh, to become an ag teacher. And um, I was there the whole time. My my, grand, my grandpa was a school teacher. My parents were both school teachers. My brother is a school teacher. My sister has her education degree. Um, and that's, that's kind of all I've ever known. But my always my dream and my goal was to raise livestock and try to build build our own name and build our own brand. And I'll never forget um, one day at school, me and my fiance, we were talking about it and we were praying about it. And I just said, I got to I got to call my dad and tell him, hey, this is not what I want to do. Um, and that was one of the scariest and most realest moments that I, I can remember. And I called him and I told him, and he said, well, son, just get your ag degree. Um, get your ag degree so that way you always have it for a backup um, and chase your goals. And so that's what I've done, um, and that's what I advise everybody to do. It doesn't matter um, what you what your plans are. It's always, always tell the kids um, before they graduate or while they're in high school or middle school, high school mainly, but it's always – you always got to have a plan. Um, same thing my dad told me. It's all, you always have to have a plan. It's okay for that plan to change, but if you don't have a plan or you don't have something you're striving for, then you're standing still. You're not moving forward. Um, and my mindset on that was I can, I'm still going to help kids. That's my main love is helping the kids and helping families reach their goals. And I can do that. Um, the same thing by working for myself and, building our brand instead of being an ag teacher um, and I can actually do it more and reach a lot more kids um, uh, across different counties and different states and so that's that's kind of where I made my mind up and uh, haven't looked back since the good Lord's blessed me and been able to provide for my family and, and to have some success with it right help help young people not even not have to worry about lesson plans and standards yes, and uh, all of that stuff right yeah, yeah. I have talked to my brother um, every day, and he's an ag teacher in Midlothian, Texas. And uh, there's a lot of things that, man, you know what? I wish I could go to the classroom every day. And then I hear some of the stuff <laughs> he has to go through and the lesson plans and the the days. So it has its pros and cons. But right now, I'm I'm very happy with the with the the plan that I've chosen. Right, and and that's one of the one of the things that uh, really uh, hit me when when we started talking is about the the ag teacher background for for listeners that may not know I'm an ag teacher myself, and uh, so so I've got a little bit of insight. And uh, uh, JD, I got to tell you, I'm I'm a little bit jealous that uh, uh, that <laughs> that you get to do what you do, and some of us are are still in the classroom. So 
but but it is it's a great way to to help young people and and uh yep. yeah i'm i'm excited that uh that you went for that and and you have that and uh but but you're doing it uh successfully with without that like i said without all the um standards and and uh lesson plans and things like that so uh, so, so where, where all, I guess, uh, uh, around Texas, but, but you kind of expand out of that, helping these young people and you travel quite a few miles, helping these young people. If you would tell us, tell us a few, uh, things about that and, and maybe where you go with some of these young people. Yes, sir. So, um, to start that off, I, I bought a brand new pickup in 2019, um, it's all, it'll be, I guess it'll be two years. Um, I have it come December. I guess I bought it in 2018, right before 2019 year. And so less than two years, I already have 85,000 miles on my pickup. So wow. I do plenty of, plenty of traveling and plenty of driving. Um, <clears throat> but I guess kind of the kind of the stuff that I do is, um, of course you raise club lambs and then, uh, I have families that contact me and they'll see me at a show and come and ask and, what I do or they see our team because the way I do things um, in our group, um, the families that I help is we always try to be together. We set us a compound up together because the two biggest things I take from high school is being in the baseball locker room and then going to the livestock show with all my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, it's no, for me, it's for me growing up. And I think for a lot of kids, it's not really fun. If you go out to seek help and then it's you and your family, pinned over by your pen and then I just come over and go to your pen and I go to somewhere else and so on and so forth and it's been really neat um, having these families all over Texas and then we get to a show and we get together and we set some big compound up the parents um, it's crazy how much the parents enjoy it they're meeting new people <clears throat> meeting lifelong friends that way and the kids just love it because they might not be in the clique or or whatnot in their FFA chapter or 4-H club, but they meet and have new friends inside of our group um, when we go to a stock show. Uh, but when families contact me, they see that and they say, hey, how can I be a part? And I say, okay, here's what I do. Um, I always always tell families starting off, I'm going to give you as much help as you, as you, as you want. Um, I'm never going to say, hey, this is it's my way or the highway. So there's a thousand different ways to get to the correct way. I know it works for my family and what we've been successful with. I'm always willing to learn these things. Um, but you t- you call me, it doesn't matter if you're in Louisiana or San Antonio or um, the Panhandle. You reach out to me, we work on an agreement that's fair for both of us. And um, it's like some families that I have that are close by, I might check on once every two weeks. Um, families. Uh, in Arkansas or West Texas, I might check once a month um, in person. But we usually, I usually see videos or pictures um, on these animals about once uh, every week or once every two weeks. And so a lot of it um, is over the phone or over technology, mm-hmm. which has been a, a huge blessing for that. But so just trying to help families, and I always ask them at the end of the year, what is your goals? What are you What are you trying to uh, pursue and we're going to try everything we can do to reach them goals. It doesn't matter if you have an unlimited budget or if you have a minimum budget. I will try to do you the best I can and uh, always be honest with you and we'll try to go to achieve them goals. And you're not going to achieve them right off the bat um, and you got to be realistic. Mm-hmm. But a lot of I just I do a lot of traveling, checking on animals, what um, 
what can we do better on showmanship? What can we do better on feeding or exercising or working leg wool or um, just the little things? The little things add up um, to the big things at the end. Um, that's what most people lose track of is how much the small details matter. And uh, so I just, any families that are able to contact me and we're able to work together and be upfront and be honest with each other and I'm willing to help and willing to grow. Um, so that's, I guess that's, hope that kind of answers your question. Sure does. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to add a little bit. One of the things that, that I picked up uh, on, on one of those teams is, is perfection is merely all the little things done right. Yes, sir. And and so uh, helping those those young people uh, learn all of those those little things, uh, I think, is great. And 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 I wanted to uh, ask just a little bit. There's probably some things when you get those people all over the country, and and you're working with all those other people all over the country, and they come together. There's probably uh, a lot of things. Yes, you are helping them, but there's probably a lot of things that you pick up at the same time that that helps you help everybody else. Oh yeah, for sure. There's no doubt about that. Um, my, my, I always go back to my dad. My dad's always told me, as soon as you think you have everything figured out, that's when you lose. Right. Um, the livestock, I guess, is probably more than anything in this world is always changing. Um, the sheep that we showed 10 years ago, uh, they're, they're just the livestock that we showed 10 years ago has can't even compare to the livestock we have. And I was talking to some of my showmen the other day. I said, can you imagine when y'all had get old, get older and get married and y'all have kids, can y'all imagine what are y'all going to be showing? And I said, Oh, it's, we're going to be like these. I said, I, I promise you it's not just because it's so evolutional and everything changes. And I'm always, when I have new families and even families that have been showing for a while that contact me and say, okay, Hey, We've, we've been thinking about it. We kind of want to join up, and we kind of want your help. And I go to their barn or I go to their house. You know what? I've never seen something like this. I've never seen you uh, work the legs this way or that really works. Or, man, okay, you treadmill for how long or you walk for how long? So I'm always picking up, and that's, that's a like you said, that's a huge blessing for somebody is just um, meeting new people and finding out new ideas and stuff that's what's worked for them or Hey, let's try this. You know, I tried that a couple of years ago and I didn't really have too much success with it. Okay. Well, that makes sense and kind of go from there, but it's a huge blessing um, having all the different parents and different kids um, across the state of Texas and a little bit outside of the state of Texas um, for new ideas. Cause I'm always trying to willing to learn to, to better myself in this industry. Right. Yeah. It's something, something that you said about how, how uh, those animals will be in, in 10 or 15 or 20 years. And man, as competitive as these animals are, and as, uh, I like to say as scary good as these animals yeah. have to be now. Can you imagine in, in 10 or 15 years? No, I was, I was looking, I can't fathom because I was looking at some old pictures and some videos. Uh, my grandpa filmed when we were at the Houston livestock show. I want to believe I wasn't old enough to show, but my brother and sister were showing. And I want to say it was probably, I was probably four or five years old, so it was probably right around 1998, 1999. And the animals that were being showed in the show ring, we sat back in the family and we, we just kind of laughed and said, man, this, these right here, like y'all thought were the real deal and y'all thought were, these are the big dogs, you know. And um, you go back and look at old National Western pictures and Louisville pictures and, those sheep 
that those days can't compare with these nowadays. And I just I don't know how far we can keep going um, to make these animals look any better. But you know it's going to change. So it's it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to watch when my daughter is almost two years. She'll be two years old in November. Um, how much it's going to change in seven years until she starts showing? It's going to be it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to watch. Right, and some of these guys when they used to get the handle on it, and and they could they could kind of cruise for for just a little bit, and now uh, they absolutely yes, cannot do that because somebody's going to catch you. Oh yeah, no doubt. I want to pick your brain just a second, and and we didn't even talk about this at all. But I want to pick your brain talking about this subject. What do you think about what what are your some of your thoughts in the next five or ten years? Where where do these livestock need to be to really be competitive? You know, yeah, I guess. It, it, it's funny because when we when I go up to the national shows um, that everybody can show out, like the Kansas City and Louisville and Phoenix and Denver, um, how much how much different and at the same time they are to ours here in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really don't I really don't know. I guess what I what we always try to do is try to stay in the middle and kind of go from there. Um, but like going forward. I, it's amazing in the last five years how important leg wool is. Mm-hmm, and, right. Uh, it, it's crazy to believe, and I'll, I'll be the first one to admit I, I love it. Um, and it is, it is, it's amazing how many hours um, it adds being in the barn, <laughs> taken away from showmanship and exercise, that you have to work these lambs' legs like you do cattle. Um, but I would say, I would say going forward. Um, is the main thing I don't ever want to lose sight of is structural correctness. I think for a couple of years, um, probably seven or eight years ago, we were getting these animals too thick and too muscularity, and they were not sound enough on their feet and legs. Um, I kind of like where we are now. Um, you still have to have shape and you still have to be terminal, but you got to be structurally correct. Um, and that's one thing I when I judge or when I have the chance to judge is structural correctness and good in their lines and still being around in their rib cage. That's some of the few things I don't want to ever see us lose mm-hmm. um, as livestock industry, but where we go forward, you know, I, I really don't know. I guess it's going to be, I guess the way you're going to find that out is when some, some person judges a big stock show and, shocks everybody and goes against what everybody else is doing and people like it and start trying to make that happen and follow that trend but the main thing is just not losing our structural correctness and our our silhouette design of these animals that's the main thing i hope we keep right right and i guess i guess one of the one of my thoughts is is that there's so much the classes are so much deeper Yes. Uh, you know, you can have a really good you you can go to the go to the show with a really good lamb or, or whatever it might be and you're like, Hey, you know what, I'm I'm gonna be all right and, and this is gonna be all right and there is so many in there that are that are so good, uh that uh yeah, it was, that, that you can come out like, pretty disappointed. Yeah, yeah. Me and a guy um were talking, um a very well known guy down here in Texas, we were talking and you, know, you go to the Houston livestock show or San Antonio, it doesn't matter, state fair you, you, of course, you you see um, you see where you break in your class, and you go look at your class, and you go through and look at all the names, and see the big dogs that everybody knows, and you're like, okay, there's five in here that I got to compete against that I know they'll be good ones, mm-hmm. and then next thing you do, you look up, and you might be sitting tenth, and you have no idea who these other four or five feeders are that could pop, 
possibly win the show or win the class. So it, the the top the top level of animals or top set of lambs are always going to be phenomenal. But what's changed, like you said, is the placing animals from tenth to eighteenth. How good those are, um, how much they've progressed, and how many good feeders and good breeders are out there nowadays. It's uh, you got to have a lot of luck in this game. You got to be you got to work hard and have a lot of luck because this is no easy task. Right, and some of those uh, some of those guys that have become uh, good feeders. Uh, May have came out of the Pruitt camp, you think? Yeah, we've we've <laughs> we've uh we've been very blessed and have had some good families and some good feeders and um so we've we take a lot of pride in that. We've um been very blessed with that and having good families and that, that work hard and, and do the stuff that needs to be done, the exercise and all the little things that we've talked about. Um, so we've been very blessed in that aspect. And it's paid off for you guys. Uh, if you if you go to the website, and you guys have a list of winners on that thing that uh, go go a long, long way. Uh, if you would, take take a minute, uh, kind of tell us about some of those winners that you guys have had and, and whether you've placed them or whether you've raised them or uh, some of those, if you would, pick out some of those top ones that, that come to mind. Yes, sir. So I guess when we were starting off, um, starting off back when I was in junior high, we were just trying to raise a sellable sheep to pay the feed bill, uh, which we're still trying to do to this day as high as everything is. <laughs> but we were just trying to we were just trying to sell good quality sheep to go to county fairs and to be successful. Um, and I, I'm looking at our website right now, and it goes back to 2015, um, where we've won the one couple of county fairs there and got one in at uh, San Antonio. And going through and just, I mean, we started off at the county level just like everybody else did, and then we started having some more success. And my dad's had a lot of success going going back in his time, but for really for me is when I got serious about real got serious about this right after high school. Um, we just started working hard, and every time you can get one in to sell in a major um, in Texas is a huge accomplishment. Uh, people take that for granted. You could win the uh, state fair in Texas one day, and then four or five months later, go to San Antonio and get to gate. So every time you can get up that red dot on the middle of the back of that lamb and go in there and make the sale is a huge accomplishment. So then we started racking up um, more sale holes at the majors, and then that's when we started getting some attention. And then we, we finally went a class at uh, San Antonio um, with a young lady from Granbury, won a class there. And I was like, okay, now let's take the next step. And um, so last year would be the first year um, that we actually won a class at every Texas major. We had a class winner at State Fair of Texas, um, and then we had a class winner at uh, San Angelo, uh, which went on to be reserve uh, grand overall, uh, which is which is the first time that we got to, got to soak in that big prize of. Uh, Getting a piece of a Texas major, that was a huge blessing. Um, the Conley Twins had that. was a sheep that was raised by Valentine Club Williams in Fluvanna, Texas, um, that who we've uh, bought a buck from this year, and we're looking looking forward to the future um, with the Valentine family. And, um, and then San Antonio, we had a class winner, then a reserve heavyweight division. And then Houston uh, was one that uh, was always um, one that's always going to stick with us because um, that's when the corona and everything took place right then and there. But 
we won a class in the final crosses, um, which is land raised by Struby Livestock. And then um, one of my senior senior girls that just graduated this past week, um, Riley Grotten, she, I've been with her since she was in third grade when she just started. And she actually won the heavyweight class with one that sold on our online sale last year which was one that was out of her first show you. So that was kind of a oh, wow. a full circle moment. Her first show you that she won her first buckle with produced her lamb that she finally won a uh, crooked H um, or bow legged H is what we call it um, trophy. Uh, so it was kind of a full circle deal. So this last year was one of the, um, by far the best years that we ever had um, in our company is uh, by raising livestock and also buying and selling livestock. Um, so it was a tremendous year, and we were very blessed um, to have that. And numerous, numerous county fair winners um, on the sheep side and the goat side. Um, so it was just a, it was a great year. It was a lot of hard work. It was a lot of long nights and sleeping in the trailers and sleeping in the barns. But um, I believe as long as you keep your head down and keep your faith right, the good things are going to come. And so it was a good year of big wins. Um, we had a reserve Hampshire U at San Antonio on the breeding side. Uh, we had third overall um, at San Angelo with one we raised. Um, so it was it was a great year. Um, a lot of families, the first time to make sale at a major, uh, that happened. And sometimes those are just important and just as fun as the, as the banners and the big ones. Um, so it, it was a great year for for our group and for all of our families, and we're hoping we can halfway repeat it this year and uh, just keep the keep the ball rolling and have some more success. Right. So so young people, uh, you know, when when you're uh, at that county level and and you're getting along okay, and you think, can I ever get it? Can I ever get it? You're not going to get it unless you keep working and and uh, keep going on like yes. J, like JD has and, and like you've coached people and. And uh, just just keep hammering at them and, and keep, as they say, keep knocking on that door. And they may slam it in your face a couple of times, but uh, just keep right on knocking at it. And, and uh sounds like you, you've really uh, really started to open that door, J.D., and, and had a lot of success. And I want to congratulate you on all of that. Tell us you've you're you talk about placing some and, and you've got some things at home and, and you mentioned just a minute ago about a, a, a lamb a buck that you own with somebody uh, if you would tell us a little bit uh, about those that that you guys have if you go to go to your website you guys have a few of those uh, that you're using and things and and that'll kind of lead us into to some of these lambs uh, you've got some lambs out of some of these guys that are in this online sale yes sir um, so. So some of the bucks that we uh, the bucks that we bred to this year, um, our first uh, January group that we sold privately treaty was out of uh, Strictly Business, which is from uh, Greg Beatty and Beatty Club Lambs out of Pennsylvania. He do, he doesn't need any introduction. Um, he's one we consider that's on top of the game right now. Um, those lambs did a tremendous job for us, and uh, that buck did, and the lambs sold really well, and we're excited to see those in the future. Um, but for these eight lambs that we're going to have on this online sale, um, the lot one lamb, he'd be the only lamb that's sired by uh, Wicked. Um, the buck's name is Wicked. He's the only one in the sale sired by him. But he's a joint custody son that we bought from Al Schmicky, uh two years ago, which is um, a joint custody was a, a kind of a trendsetter in the industry um, years ago. And he bought him uh, from Brian Johnson out of Oklahoma. 
Um, it needs also needs no introduction, but he's done a really well job. Wicked is one that is really cracked open the center portion of his body. Um, it throws him extremely terminal in their muscle. Um, was still a great look to him. Um, hard handling. He kind of combines the old school with some of the new school. Um, he's done a great job for us. Um, the majority of the lambs that will be on our sale will be out of a buck called Out There. Um, Out There was a, uh, a buck lamb that we bought uh, from Colby Birch um, out of Nebraska, which Out There was out of Freebird, which Freebird was owned um, by Droppert Livestock in Iowa, that we have a lot of our U base and a lot of our um, stuff goes back to Droppert. Um, great family and uh, great people that we've worked with. Um, and out there is a Freebird son, which Freebird and Colby, uh, Droppert and Colby Bird swapped some semen, and he raised a buck on out there, raised a buck out of Freebird called Out There, and he put him on an online sale. And I was in college at Tarleton in Stephenville, Texas, and my dad called me and said, hey, what do you think about this buck? And we looked at the pictures on him, and I said, man, that, that thing looks good. And he said, what do you think? I said, ah, oh, you know, we're kind of kind of eerie. You know, we can't just hop in the truck and be in Nebraska in the morning for by the time to sell. And I said, man, let's just do it. Let's let's go for it, and we'll hope we do right. And uh, Colby said he was good, and we trusted him, and uh, luckily – we, I went up there on my trip to up north in Indiana and uh, up to Mir 10, and I went by there, and I said, hey, Colby, I've got that buckland bought. I'd like to see him. He set him up, and I just was like, whoa. I said, I, the first thing that came to mind was that guy's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just impressive and wild-looking, and, um, and that's how he came up with the name Out There. But Out There, for our group and for our family, Out There has done a tremendous job. Um, this will be his third lamb crop. Um, his first lamb crop, we didn't breed many used to him. Uh, and we sold one on our online sale, our first online sale, which was two years ago. And uh, it was a ewe lamb. She won uh, She won a lot of stuff. She was reserved at the heart of Texas, which is a big jackpot. Um, reserved it both days, and then she went to the fall classic and reserve the fall classic she went on to san antonio and become second behind the reserve grand and the weather dam show at san antonio um, i don't can't tell you how many jackpots she was grand to reserve at um and that was what really got us kind of got us started on the map and people starting to look at the ones we raised and, and then last year um a lot one lamb on our sale uh, went down to the valley in south texas um won numerous jackpots um won a class at the Rio Grande Valley Fair. He was an out there. Um, the lot two sheep on our sale last year was an out there as well. Um, he was grand at Collin County. Um, his twin sister is one that a family showed. She she was the one that was third overall at San Angelo in the U show and the Weatherden show. Both of those were out there's. And then uh, the lot three, of course, was an out there as well. And he won the headway class at Houston. Um, so not having a big group of numbers um, of views, we only run about 100 views, but out there just has done a tremendous job on our small set and gone out to the big shows and to be successful. Um, so he's kind of our, our bread and butter, one that makes him just structurally correct, um, extremely big-footed, extremely shaggy, um, eye-appealing with enough muscle. He's he's one that um, is going to stay with us for a while, and it doesn't matter if he becomes a pet. Um, because he's one that just always is with a trend and always does a good job and makes them wild looking, kind of makes them out there. Um, and then there'll be two lambs that'll be on our sale. 
which is out of the book we call Coming At You. Coming At You is an out there son that we raised last year um, that Al and Candy Schmicky bought um, half interest of. They were going to try to beat him, breed him early, but um, he didn't get big enough because he was a March born. Um, but he is a he's a he's an out there back on a Miller U from Seagraves, Texas, Miller Hampshire's that we bought at Sedalia um, three years ago, I believe. Um, he's a buck that just looks phenomenal. We don't have him pictured on the website yet um, with everything going on, but he's he's extremely muscled up, extremely terminal in his shape, um, and the baby's only got about all oh, six bred use six ewes stuck to him this year, but. When you breed only six ewes to a buck, and two of them are going to be on your online, so um, we have high hopes for him in the future. And I know Al and Candy, um, they're excited to breed him this year uh, to see what he does on, on bigger numbers. So we're, these three bucks um, have all had – or these two bucks, Wicked um, and out there, have had success um, both for us and uh, for Schminky. And then out there um, has done a great job, and Toby Birch actually leased them this year. Um, and sold some extremely high dollar use out of them and hopefully the world gets back to order and these babies can get out there and start getting shown um, to see some success hopefully what a what a multi-purpose name on that on that buck lamb <laughs> yeah yeah out there he's out there with his look and he, he's getting cheap out there and and uh, yep. so that's really that's really neat that's really cool any more bucks yeah. you want to you want to talk about, or are you ready to break into break into these lambs that are on the online sale? Yeah, so those are the, those are the bucks that we bred to this year, um, which we're really excited about. Is a buck that we bought from uh, <clears throat> Miller Valentine out in uh, Fluvanna, Texas. The, we bought a buck from him, half interest in a buck this year um, from him. That was one that when I saw him in person. Um, I just called dad and I said, Hey, we gotta, we gotta buy him. Uh, we gotta figure it out. I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to have to buy this buck, which he's a joyride son, which joyride was a road rage, um, from Hobbs. And, um, we have high hopes for this buck and we're, we're so excited for the future, um, to get this guy's babies on the ground. Um, he's only a March born, but hopefully we can push him and get him big enough, um, for this, for our AI for March babies this next year. But, um, he's one that I think can be be a game changer, um, be one that is known all over the country. Um, he is the shaggiest sheep I've ever seen with a big foot and round bodied and tall fronted. Just he's just a he's a freak as I, I guess as I would like to say. Um, we're extremely excited for that partnership and extremely excited to to breed. Uh, to outcross a little bit and put those guy put that guy back on um, some of our wicked ewe lambs and out there's and I think it's going to be a neat cross and we're looking forward uh, to next year um, with that guy and that's that's the then we kept a strictly business son out of our January group uh, we we're going to call him doing business um, out of strictly business um, he's one that he's a he's a strictly business back on a uh, on a Republic Mercy U that we bought from Miller Hampshire's. Um, he's one that is the most cracked open um, in the center portion of his body and wide at the ground and big footed. Uh, we'll breed to him this next year. So it's going to be intriguing. We're going to be excited to, uh, to kind of bring in some of these younger bucks and kind of line breed some stuff and get some stuff in order. And we're, 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 
we're uh, we're jumping in and we're ready to take this thing off and we're ready to see what the future holds. So we're excited. All right, had so much success this year. Just keep that foot on the gas with with these yes, guys. Sir. Good deal. That's great. Yeah, just keep going. Yes, uh, sir. You ready to get into these lambs? Yes, sir. I am ready. All right. You've got again. You've got the online sale uh, on June second. Uh, it's on SC Sales. And so I uh, want everybody to go down there and, and go to Pruitt. Uh, and, and if you're watching the podcast video here, uh, we will I'll flash these uh, lambs up here as, as J.D. talks about them. And, and you sent me the pictures. And, uh, man, I'm excited to, to hear what you have to say uh, about this set of lambs because they, really they really are cool. Yes, sir. Well, this one that we're starting off with, um, lot one, this one is a wicked. This is only wicked in the sale. Um, this one we we just we just flat dig. Um, this silver sheep I think um, is one that has all the correct pieces. He is extremely extremely um, shallow in the center portion uh, in his front rib. Um, he's because he's green. He's a first of April, um, but he's one that just puts all the good things together. He's the one that I think um, that has the potential to go win something. These when I'm judging a show or you hear some of the judges breeders that judge these are the kind that are hard to make um he's extremely big footed he's got heat wave uh hair for legs of the cattle people that are listening uh, <laughs> yep. with a big forearm um he's long necked he's correcting his shoulders he just has the look at me now look um and when you get behind him um he has a big pin set um he's big loin cracked open um, over his shoulders, one that we just see a lot of future in and a lot of uh, potential in. It doesn't matter if you're in Oklahoma and you're looking for a natural. I think he's silver and dark enough to go run as a natural. Or if you just want one in Texas that's silver that will stand out. Um, I think the, the the blue and the silver and the black, I think that's a, that's not an issue now. If you got a good one, it makes him stand out and uh, makes you go to the top if you got a good one. And I think this one... Um, hits all the hits all the pieces. If you like one that's up and out and wild looking, um, I think he'll just get better as the days go on. And it's always nice to have that little extra advantage if you can, uh, yes, if you can get it and get him to look at him. Yes, sir. So um, that's lot one, lot two lamb. Lot two is an out there um, back on a fat lip. You uh, so lot two is one that is a full sib. To uh, the reserve, the, to a ewe lamb that we took to the black and white last year. Um, she was reserve crossbred um, there at that show and sale. Um, Al and Candy Schmicky bought her, and I talked to Al, um, I guess it was a couple weeks ago, and she lambed and had twin ewe lambs on her, and, and both of them are going to uh, be keeper ewe lambs for him, he said. Um, but this, this lamb, I think, is just extremely good in his pattern. Um, he's one that is level down his top line. He's real big and robust in his rib, um, stands on a good foot and leg and where you really like to see this guy and you really, um, get all in on him is when you get to the behind, behind view. Um, one that already has a ditch going down his back. He's already got some lower stifle. Um, when you get behind him is where you really like him. One that's a power sheet, but still has a lot of look to him. Um, I see this guy working down the road. This is one that's he's going to hit um, every guy. You, 
he every guy might not just flat love them, but everyone will appreciate them. These are the kind um, I always say that you get beat by um, at the end. This one's just extremely good looking, round bodied, cracked open, um, has some turn to his lower stifle. This one I think has a lot of future and a lot of goodness to him. Another really, really, really good uh, lamb as I sit here and look at him. Yeah, really appreciate him. Um, lot three. The one, the reason I put this sheep lot three, because um, he's identical um, in his type and kind as lot three last year that we had that went on to win the heavyweight at Houston. So I said, you know what, we might want to keep keep one looks like that in the same lot. Um, so hopefully, hopefully we get some good karma for that. But this one is extremely wild. Um, he is deep flanked. You can't make one's underline. I don't think any better than that. One that's tucked up his chest floor and carries a lower flank to him. Um, one that right now is not crazy in his shape. Um, he's a little bit further behind. He's a little bit greener. Um, he is an, uh, he's a coming at you. I forgot to say that, uh, which is the out there son. Um, so he's a coming at you. Uh, one of the first babies that we've had out of him. And we just love everything about him. Um, one that's tall shouldered. He runs uphill. Um, he's very smooth down his back and smooth in his lines. Um, when you watch this guy walk around, he's high-headed. Um, he just looks like a show sheep. Um, and I think this one, um, like I said about our gun gun sheep, I think you take this one home in 30 days. I think you're going to be calling me and saying, hey, I think I think this one's a real deal. I think we did it real, real good. I know he's a little greener, but this one has all all the right pieces to be a big-time sheep. So that's one. That's one I like a, a great deal um, for somebody that wants to go be competitive and uh, to try to go win something. Right. Yeah, I uh, absolutely agree. What a what a good one there. This lot four, the black lamb, He's uh, he really caught my eye. He's really cool. Yes, sir, yeah. So we don't have very many black lambs. Um, but when you have one like this, you gotta you got to put them on the sale. So this will be an out there um, back on a blindside view. Um, from Dropper out of Iowa, um, so this is this is a kind of a, a the mama's a Dropper and then the dad um, out there goes back to Dropper. So this is kind of a double bred Dropper sheep here. Um, one that man, if I was in Oklahoma and I was trying to go chase a natural, um, I, I think you need to look here. This one is this one is real dark. He is extremely big footed, probably the biggest footed sheep that we have in the sale. Um, his ears are extremely furry, um, fluffy, whatever you want to call them. Um, he looks like a poodle. He's got so much um, substance um, in his structure and his bone and his legs, and his leg hair. Um, one that I think, he's been one of my favorites um, for a long time. I think this one is extremely big in his hip. Um, of course, he's got the right lines. Um, he's got the right look. When you get behind him, he's He's got a huge, big old flat square one in him. Um, I think if you're running at a breed show and you're trying to run for a natural or if you just want to stick out and be the be the sheep that everybody talks about, hey, did you see that black sheep that so-and-so had um, that goes to every show and then you see that a major, this one's going to leave a good impression and you're going to stick out. And I... Uh, I, th I think this one's really cool and has a very bright future. He's been one of my favorites um, in the sale for a long time. 
Yeah, he's going to be the the black sheep. That uh, yeah, we saw him. They're they're going to know where they saw him, and and uh, when he yep. shows up and and walks in, oh, there's the black lamb. Yes, sir. Yeah, this one. Ever if you have a white sheep and um, and you go be successful a lot, people say, hey, is it that same one? I think it's that same one. Right. They're going to remember this one. You go out and you have some success. This one is going to be the talk of the barn. And, and people are going to see you with them, and they're going to know exactly which one that one is every time. They're going to know. I wonder if that black sheep's going to show up this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, for sure. Um, so I, I really dig that one. Lot five um, is another out there, um, which back on a legit. What's legit was a fear factor um, son that we bred for a long time that a lot of our youth base goes back to. And this one is just kind of a combination sheep. Um, this one's round-bodied. Um, that's one thing we pride all of our sheep on is being round-bodied. That was kind of our main focus when we started that. And then after we got the round-bodiedness and shallowness, we said, okay, it's time to add some more substance. And I think we've done a great job of that. Um, this one's round-bodied, <clears throat> tall-shouldered, um, extremely, extremely uh, round um, in his rib and in the center portion of his body. Um, and when you get behind him, he's kind of like the other ones. He's big legged. Um, he's got some muscle muscularity to him. He's got some shape to him. And if you look right behind his shoulders, you'll see how cracked open he is. And he's kind of got that, uh, tabletop, uh, rack shape to him. One, I think it doesn't matter if you're a first year feeder or if you, or if you're trying to go win the big ones. Um, I think this one is just a, a good feeding sheep that can go be competitive at any level you want to go. Um, so I think this one, this one's just as solid as they come. He's really doesn't have a huge hole in them that I would, that I would say one that's just going to get better as the days go on. Right. Right. One of those complete, uh, complete sheep. Yes. Very right. complete. Yeah. Good deal. Yes, sir. Um, the lot six lamb tag 59, um, which he's an out there on a legit, which is bred the same way as the lot five. This one is actually out of my daughter's use. So when my daughter, was born um, two years ago in November. Um, I said, okay, so how can I set her up for the future? So I went and bought her some ewes. Um, I bought a couple of ewes for my dad um, just to kind of say, okay, hey, it's our ewes, but hey, I'm buying this ewe outright, so this one's going to be my daughter Caroline's ewe. Um, and so this is this one's first baby, um, and I couldn't be more happy to gotta get her a fun started for college um, this one, this one's mom will be called Bigfoot. And if you're able to come look at the set in person, you'll see why this baby and mama is just elephant footed, um, crazy legged, um, shag wise, one sheep that, um, that is just good looking. When you see them big old pipes and legs and as a baby and as 60, 70 days old, one that's, you think, okay, if that one grows into that, he's going to be a man eater. One that's just a real solid sheep. Um, he really doesn't blow you away at any angle, but there's nothing that you can really say, man, I wish I could fix him there or if I could change him here. One that has some look, one that has a little bit of power. Um, I think one that is just just good, solid sheep to go down the road. Um, kind of fits all judges, I would think. Um, I, I know I know nowadays if you got one that's big-footed and shaggy-legged, you're going to get a look, and this guy's got that, and I think he's got all the potential to be successful wherever you want to take him. She's not uh, She's not attached to him, is she? 
Oh yeah, she. Well, she doesn't know. She just touched all of them right now. So. <laughs> but she, you, you haven't let her in and said this one is yours. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but so that's that one. The lot seven sheep. Okay, the lot seven sheep is another coming at you, which is out there, son. Back on the Impact 44, which is a buck lamb that sold for lots of money that uh, Schmeeke and Carr and I believe some uh, other few breeders bought together um, uh, three or four years ago, two or three years ago. Um, this one is ex- the stoutest one in the sale. Um, this is the one that's going to catch your eye right from the get-go. Um, he is just way late in, this term, in terms of muscle, um, in terms of width. He's big-footed. Um, if you want a power sheet, you don't need to look any further than the lot seven. This one is power, but it's still structurally correct. I don't ever see this one being very big. Um, I see this one stand moderate. So if you have a younger showman or if you want to go be competitive or if you have a later show, um, a later county fair, or if you're trying to go to Austin or to a later show, I think this one is a ticket. Um, he is he is extremely stout. I don't ever see this one being very big. I see him being a hundred and Oh, I would say 125 to 135 pounds, uh, big enough for the lightweight class. But when you get behind him, he is just chock full of muscle. And he's the first one that will grab your attention just because of his base width and his terms of shape and muscularity. Um, one that I think that if you want to go jackpot and you want to go win a bunch of classes, and this is the pet. I, I, This guy is great to work with. Um, he's a pain to work with because he always wants to be in your back pocket. He's the friendliest sheep that I think we've ever raised. Um, that's not a bottle baby. Um, his mama did a great job with him, but uh, he is—he'll become part of the family. And I think if you want to go run jackpot and try to make the sale at a major in a lightweight class, this one—this one's extremely well on that aspect. Boy, he is stout rascal. So, and then rounding out the cell will be lot eight. Lot eight is an out there, um, back on a two and one, uh, land, which is also a dropper bread. This one is uh, a sheep that is extremely attractive, um, from the side. He's long bodied, um, he's tall shouldered. He runs uphill, um, it's good foot, good foot and bone, shaggy legged. Um, this is going to be a bigger sheep, I think. Um, I see this one. Um, if you wanted to show them early, you could. Uh, if you had an early county fair in January or February, you could show them there. If you wanted to show them up north, um, I think this one has a lot of growth to them. Um, but one that can grow a lot and always stay pretty fresh because of his age. Um, but this is just one. This mama has done very well for us in the past. She's raised county fair champions for us. Um, the one that's just very attractive. Um, I think will always, he sets up, he's a showmanship sheep, um, very attractive in his kind, um, wide down his back, hard handling, um, just a good all-around sheep that I think will be fun to work with, fun to show, and can get a lot of miles out of him. And if you want if you want a bigger one and try to go be successful in the heavyweight classes, I think this one is the ticket. Right. Yeah, what a, what a great set of sheep uh, those are. And, uh, again, that their sale is, is on June 2nd, uh, and it's an online sale on SC Sales. So uh, uh, make sure you you check that out. And um, JD, how can they uh, how can they see these lambs if they want to see them before? Uh, 
what what else can they do if if they just they, something really catches their eye and, and they really want some more info, uh, something like that? What what can they do? Yeah, so the best thing to do is just to, um, just to contact me. We'll get the pictures. Uh, pictures will be on SC on our online sale, of course, um, and I'll be putting them all over my Facebook um, throughout the rest of the week. Um, but if you have a question or if you want to see them in person, feel free to call me. I've taken off. My wife is happy because I've taken off the rest of the week. Um, I'm staying home to make sure I can accommodate with everybody's schedule if you need to come early in the morning or late in the evening. Um, the sheep will be here, and so um, I will be here to show them to you. So um, just give me a call, and if you're not able to make it, I would love to, to chat with you and tell you what I think about them or send you videos or whatever we need to do um, for you to get the best experience possible um, to see what you think about these lambs. So the main thing is just call me. Um, I'm very easy to work with. I'm all about um, helping helping people and uh, trying to get my lambs uh, all over the country and all over the state of Texas. So um, I'm willing to work with whoever. If I don't answer, just shoot me a text because I'll probably be in the barn working if I don't hear it over the fans because it's already already 100 degrees down here oh wow yeah uh, just contact me and um i'd love to show them to you in person or if you can't get here we'll make something happen yeah yeah if you haven't uh if you haven't looked these up if you're just listening to the podcast and not watching the podcast video or haven't been on sc and you are in the market for some sheep uh Boy, I would I would recommend jumping on there and and yeah, JD. Uh, uh, if you don't know JD, uh, I'll, I'll tell you from experience. All you gotta do is call him and, and talk to him. And and uh, man, JD, it's been great uh, working with you for this podcast. And and uh, I want to wish you good luck on these sales and and good luck with with having another great year uh, like you had this past year. And and uh, hope hope those things go uh, go really well. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your time and uh, talking with me. And like I said, I hope everybody uh, stays safe out there in this crazy world and uh, just keep your faith and keep praying and we'll get this uh, back in order and the shows will continue. This livestock industry is too great um, to to let these things worry you. So um, just thanks for your time and thanks for your calling. And um, I hope, uh, Hope we continue this, and if anybody out there is listening to this, needs a call and um, ask about any sheep, just please give me a shout. Right. Well, that sounds great. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what better way to end that, JD. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. I appreciate it very much. And uh, again, get a hold of uh, JD Pruitt again, June second, SC Online Sales. And uh, we want to thank you for taking the time to listen to another edition of Before the Bid podcast. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Before the Bid. For more information and to learn more about upcoming podcasts and sales, visit us at beforethebid.podbeam.com or Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram pages. For information on being a guest on Before the Bid, please email us at beforethebid at gmail.com or one of our social media pages. Remember, that's beforethebid at gmail.com. Happy sales to you, and we will talk to you next time on before the bid.